Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Yes, it is, based on this flashback. <laughs> yep, plenty of those. <laughs> listen to this show, find us on 4radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, Zoe, Bread, and Jonathan. Thank you Thanks. all. Yeah. Hey, Doug, guess what time it is? Time for a good episode of this show. Yeah, it's Morbin time. The time for a good love. episode of the show. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> a joke I love so much, I muted it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I made a choice in a row. Yay. No, that's okay. I can accept that it is just part of the culture now. It is. We live in I mean, a society. You know you know, it's not it's not the it's not the character of Morbius's fault that there was one <laughs> one annoying memed movie, annoyingly memed yep. movie about him because um, I liked the Morbius on this show. So, that's yeah, fine. yeah, Morbius <laughs> should back. be cool and fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's back. He's back. He's um, back. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to talk Morbius, what? No, what am I saying? If you want to watch Morbius, watch, not watch, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you want to watch this episode, it's available on Disney+. Plus. It's all, it's all if you want to talk Morbius, come to our Discord. We'll talk all day about Morbius yeah, if you yeah. want to. This is what I'm thinking of, I guess so. Oh, boy. The episode we're talking about today, Spider-Man, the animated series, season four, episode six, entitled Partners in Danger, chapter six. The Awakening. This could be the discovery of a lifetime. Don't get your hopes too high, Clay. Let's see what we find. (gasps) Morbius, the vampire. He's even more horrible than I imagined. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to announce that a team led by my brilliant assistant, Deborah Whitman, and financed by a grant from the Herbert Foundation, has at long last recovered the sleeping body of Michael Morbius. Vampire? What? Please, please, don't be alarmed. Morbius is in a state of hibernation. But, Doc, aren't you jeopardizing all our lives by bringing him back to this city? No! We're reviving a victim of a horrible tragedy. Will I write this up? ESU resurrects bloodthirsty vampire. The city's gonna go ballistic. What's that? What Sucker, get Morbius! Piece of cake. No, they can't! They won't. Look out! He's coming this way! 
must feed. Shock landing. Why are you two here? The synopsis per IMDb is Deborah Whitman finds Michael Morbius in hibernation on an island off of New York City. Felicia, as Black Cat, asks for help from Blade's partner Whistler in finding a cure for Morbius's mutation. Wow. The original air date was May 10th, 1997. Story, of course, by John Semper, uh, written by Sean Catherine Derrick, who has written multiple episodes we have talked about her recently. Yeah, and I don't think we, in fact, I'm confident we've never met Clay before. So mm-hmm. here's a guy named Clay uh, who will show up a few times. So get ready. Clay is voiced by Don Reed, who is a comedian and impressionist who appeared in a handful of episodes of A Different World, was the driving instructor in the Wayans Brothers' Don't Be a Menace, voiced Faramaku in an episode of Gargoyles, and recently co-starred in Amazon's Bartlett as Bob. This is a character, I don't know, do you know if this character is from the comics, or is this a character for this show? I think he's a character. I didn't think to look. I don't think he's, I think he's a new character. He's like... just a guy kind of randomly just kind of randomly thrown in there yeah. yeah they just needed a new science partner for deborah i guess yeah. which to be fair i mean they've never had one for her other than peter so i think it makes sense yeah yeah so anyway here's clay also uh an incredible category of credit i've never noticed before i'm sure it exists uh, elsewhere it just for some reason noticed it for the first time with don reed uh one of his credits on imdb is the audience warm-up act for one episode of abc's trivia game show the chase which is very funny to me okay <laughs> interesting interesting have you ever been to like a, a tv recording where they have like a warm-up act no i have not actually it's i've never yeah i've never been to any sort of like live tv taping of anything actually the only one i've been to was who wants to be a millionaire oh um, that's fun i didn't know you yeah. ever went to who wants to be a Mil- like the actual like regis philbin hosted who wants it to be was a i think it was meredith vieira at this point okay but still like the actual show that's really yeah cool. it was the actual show um that's that was the first time i i had ever seen any sort of like behind the scenes tv stuff um and the one thing i did not anticipate was a warm-up act uh and so i've always thought about that uh and just thought it was very funny funny that that is i mean there's no reason it wouldn't be credited i guess but it's like a thing no one ever knows or thinks about because it's like technically not part of the show right (laughs) but you are a crew member i guess (laughs) yeah oh that's so funny wow what a cool pull yeah (laughs) So yeah. anyway, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> I have one other casting that's interesting about this episode too. Oh sure, yeah, um, lay it on me. Whistler, Whistler, when he last appeared was Malcolm McDowell, who you know, a well-known actor, oh. voice. He's not Malcolm McDowell this time. Who um, was it? He's uh, he's Oliver Moy- Muirhead. We've Wait. talked about him before. He he was the spot. He's it's the <gasps> same voice as the spot. You know what? And I even remember seeing his name and being like, oh, I know that guy. We've probably talked about him before. Yeah. Ooh, no, I should have checked. Yeah. Ooh, this season. It's okay. I mean, it's we've talked when I mean, we talked about him before. Like, we talked about him on the spot <laughs> episode not that long ago. And he yeah. I mean he is definitely and he's doing a Malcolm and Dow like, impression in this episode, like clearly. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's fine. He does fine. Yeah. He does It's just funny fine. with this particular season. Like it it'll get you. It'll get you if you're not looking closely. <laughs> It is weird how many changeovers there are this yeah. season. I'm kind of surprised. I yeah. wonder if it was like a, I mean, you know, I, I, Linda Gary obviously was a, was a particular situation. Oh, but yeah. I wonder yeah. like, like, I don't know, considering Mart, Martin Landau and, um, and Malcolm McDowell are both, were both kind of big gets for the show. So maybe it was just a budget thing that they just yeah. didn't want to pay to get them back again, potentially, you know? Sure. Could um, be. Which is fair. It's <laughs> like, sure. You know, like the, their replacements do just as well. So yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Well, I am actually very excited to talk about this one. I yeah, thought it was one. very fun. So shall we yeah. shall we do this? Yeah, for sure. So this episode opens with a bit more Spidey self-loathing. And in this <laughs> case, he's not sure if he should feel bad about having feelings for Black Cat while he's still grieving the loss of Mary Jane. So it's like oh, extra level of like Mary Jane grief because now he's also got the hots for Black Cat, which is compelling yeah. It's just, you know, we, and, and I, I don't mean to like diminish <laughs> grieving, but like every episode except for last week's has started with this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do understand. I understand it being here though, because if last episode was a fucking dumpster fire or whatever, but by the end of it, yep. I think it is supposed to be very clearly established that this, that was Spider-Man accepting that he does really right. strongly care for black cat and truly is falling for her, which is a new thing for him. So it does make sense for this yeah. episode to open up with him sort of dealing with the mixed emotions of that. And even, yeah. I think he even says as much. So like it, it makes is, sense. I mean, it is, and it is like yeah. a big theme of the season is him wrestling with this. So like, yeah. I'm not saying necessarily yeah. get rid of it, but like, it's like, Oh, yeah. Peter, it, it is kind of, funny and i mean it is also it's very comic book he's like am i being a traitor to mary jane's memory like what kind of new curse could i get black cat it's like yep i do think this the season is honestly really nailing it with the comic book you know i was just gonna say monologues they're all really about good. it that they just like really leaned in you know to yeah. the, the comic bookiness of it all it is it yeah. is very fun it is good. And, and I mean, you know, and like, to be fair, like it's a, it, that's, that's very real, right? Like people who are dealing with grief, it's sort of like the idea of moving on, especially because it doesn't seem like it's in that long since Mary Jane disappeared. Like, Oh yeah, no doubt. In his eyes died. You yeah, know, that's like, why I say, yeah, I know, I know you're not, I know you're not actually diminishing the actual, the real, you know, the reality of anything, but I think it's, I think it is worth pointing out that I think they're being very smart about the process of grieving that he is going through right now. Yeah. And like how hard it is really to move on. And that it's sort of like for a guy, who has a guilt complex like peter parker does oh my gosh the ultimate guilt is sort of like my last girlfriend died how do i i feel guilty for falling in love with another one you know not even just my last <laughs> girlfriend died but i believe i'm responsible for her dying yeah, uh, yeah. and so uh, dying like under extra shitty and dying under mysterious circumstances too. Like there is always, and I think like, you know, obviously we and the show have been sort of treating it like she died, but like there is always like the slightest inkling that she might reappear again, which well, is always also going to make it even harder for him to just yeah. be like, can I even fucking move on? Like, I really don't know what to do actually. I mean, if you go like strictly by what is canonical, you know, like this show's not allowed to say she's dead. So like right. canonically she is not. So Right. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's that is a that makes it even uh triply yeah, compelling. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, all of this uh all of this guilt soup is interrupted by Black Cat, uh who just challenges him to a rousing game of tag, which I think is very cute. Um and it mm-hmm. ends with them, you know, pelvis to pelvis and nearly taking each other's masks off. Yeah. Pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I like, I like, um, I even like Spider Man. Like calls out, like she, you know, she surprises him and kicks him, and he like calls out that the spider sense didn't go off, which is sort of like, yeah, yeah, because you know that she's like a fucking friend, and Not you're into threat. this. You are into the play. You are into the, uh, you're into the playfulness, man. This, yeah, you're into the foreplay. <laughs> the foreplay. That's what I told you. <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> he's he's actually noticing now because he's not angry as hell 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they almost take their masks off, but instead Spider-Man does remember the night of Mary Jane's disappearance because that is what he was literally just thinking about. And so he refuses uh, based on this, right? Like if, if people know who I am, if people know who you are, these horrible things will continue to happen. Um, and this prompts Black Cat to call him a big disappointment, which... I get where she's coming from, but is like just the worst thing to say to him right now. She yeah. doesn't know that. She doesn't but know, just yeah. a horrible thing to hear on his on his yeah. end. Yeah. And I you know, one I, I will give big points to this too, because, you know, we've heard the like secret I- bad guys knowing our secret identities are gonna let our loved ones get hurt over and over and over again. That's just such a superhero thing. But like I do love that like Spider-Man now has tangible evidence that that has actually happened, that he's going to remember forever. Like he really, this isn't a theory anymore that there's like proof that like the last time someone learned my secret identity, Mary Jane died. Like, so yeah, I I think it it actually makes a lot of sense. They remind us that that's real. That is not a thing he's making up. That's not a thing he's taking lightly. I mean, this is a Peter Parker who, if he ever met a Miles, would be like absolutely horrified at <laughs> Miles even thinking of revealing his super or his secret identity to anybody. Right. Like based right. on actual terrible things that happened, you know? Yep. Uh huh. Yup. Well, meanwhile, on an island in Jamaica Bay, which I did look up because I was like, that map is real. Where is that? Um, so on an island in Jamaica Bay outside uh, New York City, Deborah and Clay, our new science friend, investigate a cave on a research trip funded by what is called the Herbert Foundation. Uh, inside, they find Morbius asleep. <laughs> that was a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. They just they find him. There he is. And Deborah recalls the events leading up to Morbius's transformation and disappearance. She also recalls some events that we never saw leading yeah. up to this very episode. So first she flashes all the way back to remind us about Morbius and what happened and her feelings and all that sort of stuff. Then we get these new scenes where she is theorizing with Clay that Morbius might be hibernating somewhere nearby, which sets up this episode. And also a little bit of Flash confronting her over her feelings for Michael Morbius, which they kind of alluded to a couple weeks ago in the Night Stalker episode. Yeah, but like her actually professing her love to Michael, like that never had that that is new information, right? Like we never saw us. I don't think we ever saw a scene of her actually telling Michael that she's in love with him, and then him being like, "Well, I'm in love with with Felicia." Like I think that that is a new flashback in this episode, right? It's inter- I'm pretty sure. I I should I have gone back and checked. It's it's fascinating because they're mixing things we've seen from actual episodes with right. absolutely new stuff. Yeah, I think it's like I think this is like a true retcon because I don't think and I I don't think that she was implied to have been infatuated with him at all in that season. I don't think. I think. I mean, I think. I think she might have found him hot or whatever. But like, I don't think that they were trying to apply in season two that she actually was falling in love with him because she very quickly they very quickly like pinned her with Flash at the end of the season. Right. And there's no drama about that. I do think that this is truly a retcon. Um, I like, but. It. I like it. I, I think wish it's it had fine. always been the case. Um, I because I mean it's the soap opera. To some, like to be fair, like they don't need it. I would buy Deborah being obsessive just because a classmate she knew this happened to them, and and that was a pretty traumatizing experience. I get that, but the added like in love with him facet of it, like it just makes it so it makes it so soap opera in a way that I love what the, yeah. the, the show does. But it also makes it like kind of universal horror movie that are, like those yeah. old universal horror movies are always like so they have like a gothic romance side to them all the time and they don't like i think they treat it well because it's sort of like that is what's driving deborah but it's not like she and 
Felicia are fighting over him or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It is just like, I have had this deep connection with this man and still see the man within the monster and want to bring him back, which is exactly what Felicia is doing in this episode too. They're just, you know, going from two different directions. And I think that like that symmetry is really nice. And I think like it adds dimension to Deborah that we've never really seen before that she's sort of haunted by this experience um, in the same way that like a lot of characters on this show are in one way or another, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. It's the kind of thing that this show doesn't need and the story doesn't necessarily need. Um, because of course, like Deborah had her own motivations that had nothing to do with falling in love with a man. Right. Um, but I also love monster fucker Deborah. Um, oh and God, right? they could have done it so much worse. Like you said, they could have had yeah. this be a weird competition triangle thing. It's really not, um, in yeah. any way more than just a typical soap opera. Yeah, I think I think that I, it 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 creates new dimension for Flash too. Like it, knowing for sure that Deborah was in love with him. Like I actually really like what they do with Flash in this episode. Um, like the little that we see of him, like because he too. gets his own little arc. We he gets his own arc from it. Like you know, so yeah, which and and that only happens because she's like in love with him too. So you, I think that they they play the like. The, the you know bits of like love triangleness soap opera romance stuff like it's like classic stuff but they play it really really well and in, in a mm-hmm. way that like doesn't sell anyone out doesn't feel annoying or anything yeah totally agree totally agree well back to peter so at the hardy foundation's children's science center remember what i remember when the rocket racer episode when peter was just randomly teaching at that place and then we were like we're never gonna see this place again are we I've, oh I, floored absolutely wild. fell out of my seat because it isn't just that they're referencing the science center. It's just that like he actually is teaching a class and needs Felicia to cover him so he can yeah. get pictures of this press conference that Dr. Counters is um, holding. Not yeah. only do we get that little nice bit of continuity that Peter is still teaching at the science center, but also the other thing that I liked for that episode was uh, Felicia's red convertible. And guess what <laughs> she has in this episode about to drive off? Yeah. In? Fucking red convertible. Oh, Love it. Such a good point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> it's like Come minor on. details, but it's just like, it's nice to see. Cause I just did not expect to see anything out of that episode. considering how standalone that one was. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You know, but, but anyway, Felicia's like, I can't cover your class, Peter. I'm actually leaving town. And Peter's like, great. Thanks. Anyway, I'll pay you back double. <laughs> then leaves. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, well, all right. <laughs> Too bad. Sorry. Bailing on my class. Anyway, I figured out. <laughs> Wow. It's so, it's so funny. Like, God, no wonder <laughs> Felicia no wonder Felicia didn't want to date you, dude. Like, uh-huh. come on. <laughs> oh. Oh. That that uh those receipts are long. Those are CVS receipts. Why why she doesn't want to date Peter. Yeah, it it's funny because it's sort of like if you know, in so many Spider-Man continuities, like they find out each other's secret identities, but this is like a case where it's sort of like I don't know if she learned he was Peter Parker. I feel like what a what a what a turn off that would be. Oh, actually, yeah. talk <laughs> like, about a, di- a like, big disappointment. <laughs> ooh, maybe not. Actually, all right. Yeah. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So at this press conference, <laughs> Doctor Connors is making yet another big announcement about neogenics, but this time it's actually what? true. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, I'm not. I'm not going back in time. I'm not no, going back. We're not. In time. We're not. I think we got to put that episode to bed. Last week's we episode simply must. Just bad. Bury we're in it. This week now. Yeah, we're in. This we're in week. the present. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because this announcement is the discovery and recovery of big old bat monster Michael Morbius. Hey. Um. And everyone in the audience, understandably, is shocked when they see this like giant fucking bat monster that you know mm-hmm. attacked the city and stuff. Um, and he's like, "I look, 
I assure you, Morbius is hibernating. We're going to attempt reviving the lost science of neogenics in order to reverse this transformation. The press, which includes Ned Leeds again, the dude still. I was going to say that was Ned, wasn't so it? <laughs> yeah, that was absolutely Ned. It's so funny that he's just a character on this show now, out of nowhere. Very funny. Um, but but yeah, the press, including Ned, are just not convinced. They're like, no, this is going to go badly. Going to go badly. We're going to write about it. And Peter, of course, we get another flashback. This episode is full of flashbacks. He flashes back to how Morbius created, uh, you know, or used samples of Peter's radioactive spider blood, spider blood, spider blood, radioactive spider blood to become Morbius. And of course, he feels like he does with everything, especially this season. He's guilty, 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 guilty. One of my favorite things about (laughs) extremely guilty. One of my favorite things about this entire sequence, though, Peter's there as a photographer to take a picture of this press conference. He is just taking a picture of Dr. Connors in, you know, a college lecture room standing in front of like a television on wheels. He's just taking a picture of that. So the pictures that he's going to be printing in the Daily Bugle are just Dr. Connors standing in front of like a TV cart. And that's what the pictures right? are going to be. This I is find that not hilarious. the press conference where they're showing off Michael Morbius. <laughs> no, there's he's, nothing he's juicy pictures. to show off here. He's taking like the, you and like, you know, back then, like you wouldn't be able to see what was on the TV screen from the pictures. They're going to have all the no. lines through it. It's not going to be clear. Like you're just taking pictures of Dr. Connor standing at a podium. That's all it is. And there's just a TV next yeah. to him. It's just so funny to me. It's not even like a giant, you know, you, this show loves their giant monitors. It's not even one of those. Mm-hmm. It's just your classic TV cart. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> it is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway anyway <laughs> um so of course this news story is happening and while felicia is packing she sees that news story and like you know that brings up a lot of feelings she cancels her plans to leave town she has her flashback <laughs> about falling in love with michael learning about his transformation like yada 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 she sees his further transformation after he's blasted with the neogenic hominator turns into a bat monster she's helped <laughs> she all the stuff that we would have gotten in a recap being in this episode happens yeah. as characters just remembers events from two seasons ago essentially you know what though um, like what's yeah. funny is like they do it so smoothly that this episode kind of feels and and normally this would be such an insult so i i want to clarify i don't mean it as an insult um it feels so much like a clip show but done very very well like a bad clip I show mean, is yeah. one that's just like hey here's shit that happened a good clip show is one that's like, hey, we're going to use clips and fill out time, but we're also going to tell you the story along the way that matters. Like, yeah, that's almost what this feels like for the first half of this episode. Like they actually do a very smooth job of like incorporating all these flashbacks. Yeah, if they needed if they needed to save on budget, which you know that they do, like that's a bunch a lot of stuff they don't need to animate. But they're doing it in a way that like, A, you know, does remind the catch up the audience on stuff that happened, you know, a couple of years ago. It has been a long time since we last saw Morbius in all fairness. Um, So I think the reminders are helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. So it gives us that sort of recap. But B, like, lets us figure out where each character is in respect to that storyline as well. We know how Peter's reacting. We know how Deborah's reacting. We know how Felicia's reacting. All of that stuff is important for how the episode unfolds. So I I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's the best possible use of recycled footage. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. Well, later that night, Kingpin and Herbert Landon watch as Dr. Connors, Felicia, and Clay attempt to reverse Morbius's transformation and as their equipment malfunctions. It turns out that the Herbert Foundation was created by Kingpin with the specific purpose of funding Connor's research, which 
according to Landon, will not only cure him, but make him and Kingpin immortal. Sure, Don't know why okay, they buddy. believe that, but sure, go on. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess because I guess because Morbius is technically immortal. Like, then they call him the oh, immortal sure. vampire. I think that's where it's coming from. It is also funny that's that like fair. super secret foundation Landon just named after himself. Like, it's just like you'll yeah. never guess that it was me, Herbert Landon, well, for the Herbert Foundation. <laughs> we did say that this season is leaning into the like comic book of it all, and I do feel like that's that is true. a very sort of like right in your face sort of like no character in the comic gets it it is very funny though and i couldn't quite remember if like that was a connection so even when they introduced it at the top of the episode i was like am i forgetting about a foundation that like has to do with herbert landon i guess not uh lo and behold (laughs) uh here it is i also do like i mean there is a world where this is the natural sort of result or a natural result of the failed plans of last episode, right? Because Dr. Connors did have that press conference where he asked for money. This isn't necessarily what it specifically was, but Kingpin's a smart guy. He's probably got eyes on everything that was happening in the city figures. He can swoop in here, take advantage of that actual press conference that happened um, and kind of make something happen, move some pieces, you know? Yeah. It is funny too, that like both last week and this week, both feature like a business crime lord kingpin character and their science green greenish science sidekick um (laughs) trying to capture a villain to use their neogenics uh stuff for their own purposes Mm -hmm. um while dr connors makes a press conference and black cat gets entangled in the story like both those are kind of weird like it's weird how similar Mm -hmm. the structure of both of them are and this one is somehow just so much better than that episode well this (laughs) i i not to relitigate but i feel like this episode uh i buy that this just worked the way that it is and is presented as a complete product and i wonder if maybe last week's relied on this one to be rewritten or something. I don't know. Mm, yeah, yeah. If right, this one yeah, worked so well, yeah, why not borrow yeah, a couple pieces? Go back and change that one. Yeah. And they just sort of riff on some of the similar. Yeah. 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 IDK. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We can only theorize until someone yeah. tells us otherwise. And this one feels nice. So that's what I'm going to think about. <sighs> hmm. Well, elsewhere, after swinging around New York looking for Black Cat to no avail, Spidey decides to check in on Connors. But meanwhile, Black Cat, who's also swinging around, um, she's searching for Blade. One fun thing that I really like, just a fun little reference, when Cat is swinging around, she swings past a movie theater that's showing mm-hmm. a, Jacques Tur- a Jacques Tournier film festival, um, yeah. who is a director who's uh, famously directed the horror movie Cat People, which is like literally <laughs> about like a lady who turns into a Black Panther when she's horny. So like just Black Cat <laughs> in spades, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. <It's> perfect. <laughs> He also, like, is less famous, but he directed a movie called The Leopard, which I think is also about, I don't know if it's a black leopard or not. It might be a black leopard, but it is about a leopard. And it's a guy, I think a guy uses it as a serial, as a, like, as, as his serial killer weapon or, some, or something oh. like that. I've never seen it. But, Whoa. but like, a director that has two, like, big yeah. killer cats involved is pretty fucking fun that that's the one that they chose for that. I think it's a really fun reference. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, yeah, she is actually searching for Blade, who, of course, you know, was involved in the Morbius stuff and is a vampire hunter. 
It turns out he is in Europe hunting, hunting, hunting. Nope. He is in Europe hunting a particularly, <laughs> particularly elusive vampire, uh, according to Whistler Blade's assistant sidekick, whatever you'd want to call him, partner. Um, so she's and, and, and I do like the way that they play this because, you know, Felicia is aware of Blade and Whistler because of her involvement in the Morbius stuff, but like mm-hmm. they don't know she's black cat. She doesn't want to reveal her identity. So, you know, Whistler's like, like you're a hot lady and all, but like, I don't know how I'm supposed to trust her, trust you. And she's just like, you're just going to have to, I know you, man, we're just going to pretend. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he even goes so far as to be like, why do you know who I am? You know, my name. And she's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's so funny. I also just like this. I just like the, uh, the visual of like black cat and Whistler just like sitting at a table drinking like hot black tea. Like it's really funny. (laughs) I don't know why like black cat in her full black cat regalia, just like sip it on tea at a table Mm -hmm. out of a nice, very beautiful, nice tea set. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's definitely what they'd be drinking. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Right. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Black cat. That's the drink they're discussing vampire catching over. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely not going to be knocking back scotches when they're talking about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this next bit we get because at Connor's yes. lab, Flash meets up with Deborah to apologize for questioning her intentions and her feelings for Morbius. It's so good. And because the thing is, like, what I like about it, too, is that, like, he wasn't, like, 100% in the wrong to, to react that way in the beginning either. Like, obviously, he was coming from a place of jealousy for being mad at her. But, like, I think probably the anger really came from Deborah not being honest with him about right. what she was doing with the Morbius stuff. And he has to find out by just walking in at the right moment, you know? Like, it made it like made perfect sense for any logical person to, like, react badly to learning that the person that you're dating is, like, deeply in love with another man who's a monster and is obsessed with trying to bring him back. Like, and that is a lot to process. And about it, right? Like it's- t- that's, think that's the key thing, yeah, that she yeah. didn't tell him about it, which, you know, suggests, like, worse, you know, worse intentions or whatever. Like, you can you can make worse assumptions based on that. So it made sense for him. It what He wasn't just flying off the handle because he's a man like it actually was a good like i think genuinely like real reaction to that situation and he doesn't even really fly off the handle you know what i mean like he's apologizing Mm. and he's like you know they could have portrayed him so much worse he could have been so much worse but even still he comes and apologizes to her just for even you know being upset and what i really like about it is he's like you know, like, do do you still love me? Do you still love him? Like, what's the deal? And Aww. she's like, I can't really answer that question. And he doesn't get mad about that. Like, he's just kind of like, yeah. he's chill. He's like, okay. He tells her, he tells her he's he's behind her one hundred percent. And then like immediately after that, you know, when when shit goes down, he's like, does not hesitate to yeah. try to help Morbius too. Like, it's good shit, man. I love I love it. It's so I healthy. Mean, they haven't they haven't shown a lot of flash in this show, but like I love that we've still gotten your classic like flash kind of gains his heart of gold yeah. arc over the course of the show and even just in the little bit we've seen him. It's so it's so nice to see. There's like a really incredible version of this specific flash who is like kind of present day himbo who's sort of like, I don't know, I think maybe monogamy is a flawed system. And if you have feelings for multiple guys, like we just need to talk about it. Like this can be yeah. healthy. Like I, I feel like that. there's a version of Flash that stems from this if you bring him, you know, a couple decades further and into the conversation that's happening. Yeah. Uh amongst sure. the himbos now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I like it. It's just like mm-hmm. a really healthy flash. Good for you, yeah, buddy. You've been working on you. Good for you. 
<laughs> well, anyway, she does accept the apology, you know, and and does say like, I'm not really sure where things are at. I can't really answer your question right now. Um, but before they can really like go much further than that, um, they're basically about to like kiss and make up. Um, yeah. They're interrupted by Landon and Shocker who arrive to retrieve Morbius. Um, and a series of very stupid decisions follow. One of them is very sweet, but it is still very stupid. Flash yeah. tackles Shocker. Uh, sweet but stupid because Shocker <laughs> easily throws him off and into Morbius's like techno coffin thing. Techno coffin, yeah. <laughs> and then I know I love that the containment unit they have for him is like specifically shaped like a coffin. It doesn't need it to be, but it is. <laughs> yeah, they figured he'd be more comfortable in that, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then the uh, the second dumb decision is that Shocker, our genius, uh, tries to blast Flash, who dodges out of the way, and he just ends up hitting Morbius, which wakes up our favorite living vampire, who Not they Shocker. specifically were trying to like take advantage of being in hibernative state. Like, yeah, they specifically were like, we can do things because he's hibernating. Like, we can save him because he's hibernating right now. <laughs> like, Shocker fucked wow. up so hard. <laughs> just for everyone involved (laughs) yeah he's like barely in this episode and like the only thing he does is just fuck up basically (laughs) yeah immensely yeah everybody on every side should want to just murder shocker after this like genuinely the reason that everything goes wrong actually (laughs) yes the sole reason it all goes wrong absolutely (laughs) absolutely oh that's so funny that is so funny oh boy well Spider-Man arrives after Herbert Landon reveals that he paid for and owns all of the research, including Morbius. Fight breaks out between Spider-Man and Shocker, uh, which allows us uh, awakened and famished Morbius to escape into the city. Uh-oh. All three of them pers- pursue him, of course. Uh, when Sh- uh, Shocker knocks Spider-Man prone on a nearby roof, Morbius moves on in to feed on Spider-Man's plasma. Ah, with the butthole hands. Oh, good old butthole hands. Good old butthole hands. <laughs> <laughs> Said with affection, of course. Of course, yeah. We love we love a we love a butthole hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily Black Cat, who is armed with some sort of like ray gun, uh intervenes before Morbius can actually feed off of Spider-Man. So Morbius flees again. Uh, and then we actually like shift perspectives a little bit, which is cool. Uh, and I really liked it, because Black Cat leaves Spider-Man behind. He is thoroughly confused, but we follow her instead of following him for a minute. So she finds Morbius attacking people in the park, and she attempts to appeal to him by revealing her identity, which is a huge deal. Uh, She hasn't done that, and she specifically wanted to do that with Spider-Man and does it here instead. And it makes sense, but it is still a big deal. Yeah, Um, Yeah, for sure. They have... Uh, yeah, I think it's very intentional that the episode starts out with Spider-Man shooting her down about the identity yeah. thing, and then immediately after she reveals it to the other love of her life. Um, Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's it's good stuff, good soap opera shit, honestly. Yeah, well, they have a beautiful soap opera moment here where she's like, "I love you," and he's like, "I can't, I can't, you can't love me. Like I'm a monster. Like this will never work." And she's like, "But it must." <laughs> like it's it's very it's, fun it's where they're just having yeah. this moment in the park. Yeah, um, classic like Beauty and the Beast, you know. Yeah, I love the man inside. I still love you. You're still the man I love. Honestly, maybe you're even hotter with your big giant dude. Uh, you know, big chest and <laughs> big muscles and thick thighs. I don't also, know. buddy, those fangs, you, those fangs are pretty nice. You saw how big and strong she is. Like she can handle you. <laughs> 
Yeah, honestly. Can you handle her is the question. <laughs> kind of the perfect match now, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, ultimately, Felicia's like, I'm not giving up on this. Meet me later at the clock tower. They rebuilt it. Meet, a, meet me at our spot. Yeah. I love that they even like throw like make sure to throw in like it's rebuilt by the way. Yes, if you remember continuity, it it got exploded in last in that the mm-hmm. season two. It's been rebuilt since then. I love that. It's just a that's that's the, I love those little. I mean, that's the kind of something yeah. I needed last week with stuff where it's just like yeah, just Oop. if you if if you need to you know if you need to to reset anything, throw have a little throwaway line. It's fine. We we'll, only we'll takes a few it. words. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, Spider-Man's obviously very baffled by Black Cat just, like, showing up and dipping out for some reason. Um, so he's like, I guess I'm just going to try to find Morbius now. Um, and he makes an understandable assumption that, like, Morbius would seek out Felicia, knowing their past relationship. So he swings by her place, is relieved that she's not home. Um, one thing of note is that there's a Black Cat there, like an act, like an actual cat that is a <laughs> Black Cat. Uh-huh. Um and he's like, I didn't know Felicia had a cat. And he pets her. Uh, and he pets the cat. But, like, then he has a line where he's sort of like, although you do look familiar, which makes you wonder, like, is this supposed to be Fogarty the cat from the Craven episode that she rescued and then she adopted him? But mm. they just, like, miscolored the cat and just made it a black cat instead. I wish that were the case. I, I would like that better. I think that it is more just it is a black cat and she is yeah, called black, black cat. cat. Yeah. So it's more it like you don't literally look familiar. You just remind me of something. A black hat. Okay. Yeah. But I, I wish it were Fogarty. Was, I actually would have liked that way, way better. Yeah. I don't really. It's it's silly. I mean, I guess the only reason it wasn't is because it is a black cat. But then it's like, well, then Fogarty should have been a black cat in his appearance. Yeah. For oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, unfortunately, Landon and Shocker also made the same assumption assumption about Morbius and Felicia's connection. Um, how would they know? How do they know that though? How would they have that information that Morbius and Felicia were like in a relationship? I wonder. Hmm. Like, was that public knowledge? <laughs> I, guess it could. I guess. I guess. I mean, I, I guess think it, because it's very I guess the pub- possible. The, the public does know that Michael Morbius is a monster. So if they really did their research, it probably wouldn't have been hard to eventually figure it out that Felicia and Michael Morbius dated like before then or something like that, I guess. It is sort of interesting that it's just like they somehow have this insider information that like he really that she really was the love of his life and stuff. Hmm. Um although you I, know what though? It's so oh, believable no, you know I didn't even question it. Is there yeah, something? But, Did you just remember something? Uh, Terry Lee was involved in the whole final blowout with Blade, Felicia, and Morbius. And if she's a cop, she probably wrote a report. So file. it probably is on file that Felicia oh. was kidnapped by Michael, and she probably wrote in whatever details she could. So and we know she takes out. notes. Terry Lee takes notes. <laughs> she like my favorite screen grab of the whole fucking show. <laughs> she do be taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing she's gonna do: is take some notes. So actually, yeah. that, I I think that that's I think. Yeah between those things and just generally the public knowing Michael Morbius is the vampire, I think. And I just think knowing Felicia, I feel like they it don't like establish in the out. show that she's like a paparazzi figure, but I feel like she is someone people would pay attention to. That's true. It probably was in the papers that like Felicia dated the vampire man. Whoa. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Okay. Actually that's fine. That's, there's plenty of ways that they could have, that, 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 that works. And like you said, like, I didn't even think about that until just now. Like when you're watching, it's just sort of like, oh yeah, of course. So it all still works anyway. It feels um, very believable. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway, anyway, so yeah, so basically at this point, Spider-Man, Landon, Shocker are all at Felicia's apartment. Felicia is not there until actually she is because Black <laughs> Cat also arrives to stop them from attacking Spidey. Um, As she does. She constantly rescues him. <laughs> she really does, yeah. Uh, so they flip off. They stop to chat on a rooftop and they have their soap opera moment. This episode is so so soap opera. Yeah. yeah. And this is sort of a role reversal for what we've seen from like kind of the beginning of their relationship. Right. Because we, we saw Spider-Man going through it and black cat just being like, what the fuck is going on with you? And Spider-Man be like, I can't talk about it. Let me in. So we finally get the reverse of it essentially because Spider-Man's like black cat, what's wrong. And like (laughs) to black cat's credit, she does not fly off the fucking handle. Like Spider-Man did in those Mm. episodes. She just Mm. very honestly is just sort of like, I'm going through something, but I kind of need to handle it alone. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's still sort of like you can let him in, but also she's being reasonable about it that she just doesn't want. She just does not want to let him in right now. Oh, yeah. So. There's a huge difference between Spider-Man being like, fuck off and give up everything you care about. Uh, and her <laughs> being like, I just need some time like by myself. Right. Right. And I just want to make sure I communicate that to you very clearly and directly. It's not exactly. it's got nothing to do with you, actually. You're fine. Um, I just need space. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> very different. Than him being like, fuck yep. the cat, let him run it over. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a very big difference. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. So Black Cat returns to Whistler for more help, and he gives her a new device. Uh, she then meets up with Morbius and says she's able to end his misery. Um, and again, this is, I fucking love how comic booky and like soap opery and over the top mm-hmm. all this is. She's like, you'll never walk as a vampire again but you will never walk as a human either. Damn. It will, return, it will return you to the limbo of sleep forever. And Jennifer Hale, of course, delivers it like A plus Jennifer Hale voice. Oh. But like when you read the actual Profesh. lines, it's just sort of like, my God, this really is out of like a gothic romance novel from like yeah. 1892. It's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's also funny because like this is Spider-Man, the animated series. So they can't just like, give her a device that's actually just going to kill him because that's basically what this is, right? Like yeah, essentially what it's it basically is, yeah. like, <laughs> I can't save you from being a vampire, but I can save you from suffering by killing you. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's good shit. Yeah. The limbo of sleep forever. What? Yeah. What do you think sleeping forever is? It's being yeah. dead. Like <laughs> what's the forever sleep? What's the forever sleep, Felicia? <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like it. You know what? I, I, I love, I love their, their clever workarounds for that. So sometimes. good. So yeah good. yeah and he's like you know what this sucks but damn i agree i agree you have to do it you have to kill me i'm miserable i'm i've, I've said up many times many many times that it, this is misery my hot bat form uh unfortunately comes with never-ending hunger and misery yeah. so uh unfortunately before she can do anything with this information in the device landon and shocker show up and are and, and you know mess everything up yet again uh these two I know, right? <laughs> fucking shocker. Mm, fucking shocker. Landon attempts to blast Black Cat. He misses. He calls an explosion in the clock tower. That was what just exploded? Too. What exploded? Like, um, the ray gun exploded <laughs> things. It like doesn't matter. It's just such a big explosion. Like the tower is wrecked. <laughs> Well, that yeah, the clock tower was they the the clock runs on gasoline. Actually, oh, that's how the clock ticks. Yeah, you know. You know. <laughs> so it is so sad. They just rebuilt this fucking tower. They blew it up again. <laughs> so such a bummer. It's a beautiful clock tower. Yeah, clock towers really like have a really just 
don't have a good track record in superhero media, especially Spider-Man <laughs> stuff, do they? Ooh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, but luckily, the one uh, the upside to that explosion happening is that it's big enough that Spider-Man sees it during his search for Black Cat. So heads over there, slaps a spider tracer on Landon's helicopter as it passes by and meets up with Cat to be like, hey, what is going on? The role, the role reversal continues because Cat's like, I don't, I'm really doubting myself. And Spider-Man's like, no, nah, you're doing great, girl. <laughs> you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting because like, she's getting this taste of... And again, she handles it much better, but she's getting this taste of like, oh shit, like I can't do everything all the time. Like sometimes like me trying isn't enough like to do, like to save everyone. You know, the thing that Spider-Man kind of confronts all the time. I don't remember if it's, if it's this scene or it's a later one where she's like, like I thought being a superhero I thought when I became a superhero, like I kind I just, I'd instinctively know what to do, but I still, I'm actually incredibly confused and I don't know how to, how to deal with the situation. It's, it's later, Um, but it's that building thread throughout this episode that all kind of like leads up to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Well, the two of them trace the helicopter back to, I just love the name of this place, Rigor and Sons Mortuary. So good. Love oh it. my God. Great. What? Wow. A plus. <laughs> A <Absolutely>. fucking plus. <laughs> so back to Rigor and Sons Mortuary where they follow Kingpin into a secret lab, which he enters via a coffin. <laughs> More classic coffins. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Old school um, gothic, gothic horror, man. Uh-huh. I love it. Yep. And in the secret lab is Landon, who is keeping and beginning to actually detransform Morbius. Like he goes basically like one stage down in vampirism, I guess, um, in his bat transformation. The less hot version, I would say. Um, oh, by I fully far. agree. Fully agree. <laughs> fully agree. <laughs> the two of them just kind of like immediately raid the place and seem to fail pretty quickly, but. When Kingpin bear hugs Black Cat, this pisses Morbius off big time, uh, and he breaks out of his confines, which just prompts Kingpin to flee, which I always find very funny, because if someone is going to, like, fuck off and not mess with it, it's Kingpin. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very funny. He will I love have that. his upper hand, or he will dip. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's clearly just like, I'm not dealing with this shit. Like, I, when, one of my favorite moments of this episode is, like, when the chaos starts breaking out. Like, it's just um, uh, 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 that, that his delivery of, like, he just says, what? Before Cat just kicks him directly into the face <laughs> out of nowhere. Onto the fucking ground. And I, so I don't blame him for just being like, you know what, fuck this. I'm out. We're not dealing with this shit. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I don't know that without watching as many cartoons as we have that I would have identified kingpin as a guy who runs like but he, he very much does like he yeah. he plans in a certain way where he will have an upper hand and if he doesn't have the upper hand his priority becomes i will not get caught you will not catch yeah. me right um, yeah. and in this show it makes a lot of sense because they even like dip into that backstory but like it's happened on other shows too where he will just like slip out a side door or like go in a secret passage and just be like fuck it you're not getting me yeah. like i love it i actually like it a lot it I adds this like really little good piece of kingpin that makes him like he is intimidating and he is scary and he's not someone to be fucked with but there is this weird little tiny bit of kingpin that you're sort of like you're kind of a shit a little bit like you just leave all your dudes behind (laughs) yeah 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 it's really fun i like a lot also i just realized something it's so funny I, i was thinking like it is interesting that kingpin and landon are basically like the only characters 
right now that know that Black Cat is Felicia. Like they know her secret identity. Oh um, shit! They haven't, really, they haven't really done anything with it, and I guess yeah. there's not really there's not really an opportunity for them to do anything with it in the scene because like she and Spider Man show up and kick their asses and they just dip out. But it honestly, like all the head canning we just did for why Landon and Shocker would show up in Felicia's apartment, it doesn't even matter because Landon knows that Felicia is Black Cat. If That's Black right. Cat showed up and chased off Morbius, then he's like, okay, well, we're going to go to your apartment then because we know you're Felicia Hardy yeah. and at least see if you took Morbius there or something. Like that, makes that, so much that sense. explains it. They fucking know. It is very, very, it is, it is like a weird thing to like have in the ether that Kingpin and Landon know this information about Felicia and just seem to do like absolutely fuck all well, with it. Like I, I'm okay with it though, because Kingpin is a guy who also for a while maintained a secret, not secret identity, but like a secret. Mm-hmm. He had an alter ego, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I think he understands the power of that leverage. So like, I don't think he's going to immediately, use that card unless he is forced to so like and i I don't know if the show ever gets into that but like he could do that it's a tool for him and felicia knows that wilson fisk is kingpin so it's kind of it could be a it's a mutually assured destruction kind of thing like he knows that if he tries to go after her identity then he'll reveal his too so as long as they like i don't think the show has ever stated outright but they're kind of at a stalemate when it comes to that interesting that's such a great point Um, which i didn't really think about until now and she's one of the very few people who know that information yeah 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 i wonder if the i I don't remember i wonder if the show ever plays with that or if they just kind of keep that out there because that there's fun stuff that you could do with it but also it would be fine know, if it, it were just maintained as a yeah. as a thing we understand yeah. yeah like that's just how they got out of the black cat two-parter was sort of like there's your solution they just yeah they're just at a stalemate and they can't really do anything about it so yeah. that I information just that. is kind of mood at this point yeah, yeah i think it's i think it'd be fine nice yeah huh yeah 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 interesting <laughs> <laughs> well like I mentioned, Kingpin leaves completely without Landon and Shocker. Just says, figure it out, guys. Um, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, so Spider-Man takes care of Shocker, while Morbius takes care of Landon. Black Cat nearly uses a new device on Morbius, but hesitates, which allows Morbius to escape. And it is, it is. I mean, Morbius does feed from Landon, right? That is the cut that they are making. That's the implied action that happens. Because they he has they so. have them like descend on Landon, but then it cuts away real quick. Yeah. And I don't think it ever shows him being kicked off of him or anything. I don't think and so. That would either. explain why Morbius is like strong enough to like fly away, know, fly away <laughs> and everything, I guess. Yeah. Cause he just, he, he, he leaves like she, she's yeah. ready to shoot him and all this sort of stuff. But is like, I just don't think I can, which, you know, ultimately leads to the thought process you were communicating earlier where she's like, I thought I had it all figured out, but I, I clearly don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. I love the animation um, when she does try to, you know, when she tries to shoot him and then like decides she can't, she, there's like a real quick bit where she like gives this little bite of her lip as she's like realizing oh. that she can't do it. Like it's really good. It's just a nice little detail where it's just mm-hmm. sort of like she's thinking through it and just like, can't, you know, just the pain of realizing she, she loves him too much. And can't do it like there's there's little bits like this whole season animations just been like very down the middle whatever yeah but, like there's little bits in this episode that i that i noticed that these little flourishes that that stood out to me and that was one of them yeah um 
just like trying to sh- convey in a you know show moves fast so it's like in like 0.5 seconds but like convey just like a whole flood of emotions as she decides not to shoot that gun which is again yeah. very like got old school gothic romance you know i can't do it i shan't do it um yeah. and I, you see that on her face like in a, in a split second it's really good that's such a great catch and, and flourish is like the perfect word for it because this show is not necessarily like I wouldn't say this is the show that's nailing facial expressions on the regular. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not really no. where they're like conveying most of their emotion. The voice actors yeah. crush emoting, but the faces are not necessarily it. <laughs> the voice actors do a uh, a lot of legwork and do a lot of heavy lifting yeah. to cover for the animation on this show. I think that's yeah. historically been true, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's cool <laughs> that like those little flourishes, like you said, make their way in because it's not... Yeah. It's not the expectation we have for the show. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, in the wake of Morbius leaving, Spider-Man and Black Cat talk, and she beats herself up because, like you were saying, she thought that having superpowers would be easier, that she would always know the right thing to do. Uh, But this situation was clearly more complicated than she expected. Uh, Spider-Man offers to help her figure things out, but she once again says she needs to figure things out alone. And the episode ends with her leaving Spider-Man to wonder why love is just so dang complicated. Not like, what can I do for her or hope she'll be okay? But why is love so complicated? I mean, it's not wrong. It's not a wrong observation. Yeah, (laughs) But it it is clearly like, I know like the love being, but I think because... Like, the comment that he's making, it works on the overarching episode because obviously Felicia and Michael Morbius are in love with each other and that makes it complicated. But he doesn't know, because he doesn't know it's Felicia, he doesn't know the deep emotional connection and love that Black Cat has for Morbius. So really his comment in character, in universe, he is specifically only talking about himself. Like, that is it. Which is kind of a bummer that, like, he centered himself in the situation. It's weird, too, because it's like... It's weird, too, because it would... it could have been like, why is caring for the people we love harder than we want it to be? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's like, a way to make that Why is caring for again, people yeah. we love so difficult sometimes? Like, then it's yeah. kind of a, you know, you still get to have the romantic element in there, but it's not totally just like, dang, why is it so hard to be close to her? She's hot. <laughs> And right. I know that's not what they're going for and that's not what they're saying, but it just lands a little bit funny. They're trying to make a statement on the episode, but in an episode yeah. that I think is was really well written and it's really like eloquent, verbose, comic booky, gothic romance monologues. Like this is a place where he could have I know that they were running out of time and they didn't have <gasps> as many words as they could fit into nineteen in, into you know the last like minute. But like there's a there's a very elegant way he could have said something a little more um, I don't know. A, 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 even if it would have been on the nose, nose a little more overarching or thematic in many words, and it still like would have fit the tone of the episode. You know, it's guilty of 2017's bad habit, which is putting a bow on things that misses the point. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is very that, isn't it? It's just sort of. Although like, where this, did that come from? <laughs> this at least makes a commentary on the episode, like you're saying. Sometimes they don't even do that right. This just kind of misses the point of the moment, but nails the yeah. point of the episode. It's definitely the point of the episode, but it's just sort of like, it's weird for Spider-Man to, to think that in that moment. <laughs> so it ends up being a kind of confusing thing to be left off on. Why didn't they just let like, her deliver that line? This is another example where it would have made way more sense if she said well, something like that. Doug, the show is called Spider-Man. And oh, fuck. You're right. Only... I forgot. I thought <laughs> we were watching the, the Black word. Cat. 
Damn. Yeah. <laughs> can't you know? You can you can you can give her a lot of screen time, but you can only go it so far. You can't make her the protagonist, yeah. man. Just can't have the last line. No, no, absolutely not. Women can't have Spider-Man the last line. Have... You hear me, Betty? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's a funny little quip, but like if they're gonna, if it's gonna be someone stating the theme of the episode, that's got to be our something guy. important. Something important. Yeah. Right. Uh, face of the episode i got i pulled three of them and i went and this is a case where like even though it's like a character in motion i think it actually is better in stills than it is in like gif form or you know in video form Mm because i think it is important to get the three stages of this face (laughs) this is also honestly one of the weird flourishes the episode has where it's like they just like did a lot of work people's facial expressions it's not as elegantly done as the black cat one but it's bizarrely detailed and confusing and i gotta love it um when king when landon tells kingpin that he's going to try to make them immortal he has like three stages where he's just sort of like first he's like ooh, like surprised and sort of like enticed by this yeah and then he has like an evil like sort of this evil smirk of like oh i can see where this is gonna lead us and then it ends with sort of like the smugness of like everything i'll do when i'm immortal like there is a, pr- a pretty wide range of thoughts fun that journey go yeah. through his head an interesting journey of of yeah of, of realization and facial expressions that they have there for him I never noticed this, if this was a thing that was consistent. So tell me if this is consistent or if this is just because of the over-detailedness of these expressions. Has Wilson Fisk always had these like anime villain eyebrows? Yeah, I think so. I never noticed yeah. that. For people who watch Drag Race, the, he, like he has the eyebrows that like Bosco bases her eyebrows off of. And I never noticed that before. They're, it's funny cause they're it's- really cool. His voice actor is named Roscoe, which sounds similar. Oh, that's so to true. Bosco. Yeah, <laughs> Bosco. It was. Um, it's all connected. Yeah. Wow. All right. Props to you, Mama, for having these eyebrows. <laughs> this can't be easy to maintain. <laughs> no, for sure, not really. Uh, I like this episode. I thought it was super fun, super smooth. Went down real yeah. easy. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it helps that. It was very easy to talk about, and you know, you see the timestamp. It's it's, it's this is a pretty quick one because a big chunk of the episode was just flashbacks and previous ones, which made our job a little bit easier. But I think, like you talked about before, like you can do flashbacks really poorly, or you can do them really smoothly. Yeah. And this one did the latter. You know, and I know the next episode, just based on the title alone, obviously kind of continues this the story in one way or another. <laughs> so, like, I think that you know, this is sort of I'm sure this is probably an episode that like like a lot of clip shows are. You know, it's it was a way to just sort of like. Cut down on budget a little bit. This is just like a, probably a quicker one to produce, and they're able to spread the story over two episodes, right, instead of one. And but I think their approach to integrating those flashbacks is is really well handled. Um, and there's still enough that happens in this episode. And on, honestly, the flashbacks support the journeys the characters are on and everything. And I think we get a lot of really interesting stuff from Deborah and Flash and Peter and Felicia and Morbius. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, considering that technically there isn't a lot of new animation in this episode, I think it says a lot that, that they're able to kind of still knock out a lot of really good stuff with these really well fleshed out characters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. They do a great job. Mm-hmm. So nice. So nice. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want more stuff that goes down smooth, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers for only the smoothest content there is. <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> so smooth. We do all of our Patreon recordings in these voices. <laughs> anyway, it is a great way to support us. There's a ton of extra content over there, most of which is available for just a buck a month. 
Um, and we talk about all kinds of things, lots of Spider-Man stuff, and sometimes stuff that isn't Spider-Man stuff, just to mix it up. And check out our Discord. Uh, there should be a link in the show notes. Great way to talk to other folks listening to the show, watching uh, Spider-Man stuff, um, and to talk to us uh, as well. Um, speaking of talking to us, where can we find you and all the stuff you're working on, Derek? Sure, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. If not, if Twitter doesn't exist anymore, find me other places at like... Maybe Derek B. Gale, maybe Dare Bear. Just Google me. You'll find me. Um, <laughs> you can also find my uh, other podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, experimental, and structure-breaking gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode. Find it anywhere you get your podcasts or on Twitter and Instagram or wherever at Gimmicks Pod. What about you, Doug? Yeah, I, I like so many others, I'm having a social media crisis, uh, so you can find me all over the place at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y, how active I am, who knows, I'm figuring it out, where will I be? I don't know, but I have that name across the board, so pick a social media uh, platform and search that and it should be me. Um, you can also listen to me on a podcast called Victory Road, it's a Pokemon podcast. Um, and novel gaming uh, that I do with my friend Katie where we catch up on all the books and video games uh, we've been consuming lately. Also, check out uh, our monthly podcast, Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where Derek and I watched every Pixar film chronologically. A new Pixar movie released this past or within the past month. Um, so we dusted off the Falling with Style feed and talked about Elemental. Uh, look for that in all of our Falling with Style episodes wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com where there's also a full archive of of all of our Walloping Web Snappers episodes, and you can actually sort through them based on series, which is very nice. Uh, you can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod, or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and they just haven't found us yet. Next week, the vampires are back in town in the episode The Vampire Queen. Ooh, yes, queen! Yes, vampire queen! See ya! Bye. Hey, hey, hey.